welcome back to another episode of Explain It Slowly. Slowly. Kind of hungry. But anyway, <laughs> uh, what do you know about carbon fiber? So, carbon fiber is actually a very interesting material that I think got like really popular in the 2000s and then got copied by non-carbon fiber. Like the look of it got copied. Um, so you end up with like a lot of fake carbon fiber, which is not really uh. carbon fiber. It just looks like carbon fiber because carbon fiber looks cool. Um, but now that ironically enough makes it look cheap because there's so much like fake carbon fiber uh, everywhere that like having real carbon fiber is not like a, a look of sophistication anymore. It's a look of like cheapness. All right. Does that make sense? I know it's being used a lot in cars and such. Yeah. So, so let's talk about carbon. Um, if you remember from uh, chemistry. good old chemistry days, uh, <laughs> carbon has four covalent electrons, mm-hmm. right? Um, and if you know anything about chemistry, this means that it can have four... It's it's missing four covalent electrons, and it wants to form four covalent bonds. So in the best of cases, you have each carbon connected to another carbon, and all of these carbons are uh, organized in a very regular crystal that will eventually form diamond. It's so regular, in fact, that it's transparent. That carbon that we think of as a black material is a complete transparent one when it's as a diamond. And it's a very hard material. It has a lot of um, very interesting mechanical properties. Um, so carbon has been a a subject matter for research for a very long time because they're like, hey, this very simple atom, like we can make something as hard as diamonds with it. So what else can we make with it, right? Um, Other things that are made of carbon, coal. Coal is the exact opposite of a diamond. Instead of having every carbon very organized and connected to like other carbons in a very regular like crystal, you have chaos. Like some carbons are connected to others, some carbons are not. Um, And as a result of that, uh, you end up with like a black blob, messy, uh, that burns very well because there's like a, a free carbon that you can bind to an oxygen and it will like ignite, right? So like, I don't know if anyone's ever tried igniting a diamond. It takes a lot of heat. Like that no, diamond. No one would do that because it's so wasteful. Well, that's what YouTube is for, to have other people buy diamonds and ignite them on fire. But basically you need a like a industrial torch to generate enough heat for the diamond to glow red. And at that point, like, it's just glowing red. It's not really, like, burning. Um, so you you really need to have uh, carbon be very receptive to accepting an oxygen for it to, like, burn. Um, and most of the time, this is in the form of replacing whatever carbon is bonded to with oxygen. Or, in the case of coal, it's just, like, waiting for an oxygen to come by and oxidize so that is the difference between like the best form of carbon and the worst form of carbon however there's a lot of other forms that we're actually really familiar with one of them is graphite graphite is the like what we think of as pencil lead so this is the actual material this is the actual material that we use uh when we are going ahead and like using a pencil to write on paper and graphite is very interesting because it seems structurally strong until you like rub it along paper and all of a sudden all that carbon that was in the pencil is now on the paper. Like it transferred effortlessly if you think about it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so remember that carbon has four bonds that it wants to make. 
It can make double bonds or it can make single bonds, but generally speaking, it has four of these bonds. So you can either use up all four of these slots or you can only use up three of these slots. And if you only use up three, you can make a sheet of uh, graphene and this sheet is basically going to make little hexagons where every like point that they that they intersect is a carbon atom. Mm-hmm. So you make this hexagonal like sheet, and then because this is only using three of the bonds of each carbon, because if you look at like at a honeycomb pattern, like there's only three uh, legs that are sticking out of each point, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that you have a fourth electron that like wants to do something. Well, that turns into a free-flowing electron. And that free-flowing electron can bind or help bind that sheet of graphene to another sheet of graphene. Mm. So those sheets will just, like, glue themselves together effortlessly. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And then from there, you can go ahead and put another sheet and another sheet and another sheet. And as you add these sheets one atom wide... Like, over and over and over again, billions of times, you end up with a stick of pencil lead. And when you rub it against paper, what you're doing is you're basically just saying, hey, this sheet that I had, I'm going to deposit it onto the paper. Mm. So you're not really ripping apart covalent bonds. You're just ripping apart electrostatic bonds, which is basically like when you rub a balloon on your arm and it sticks your arm. Mm -hmm. Like, that's basically what you're ripping off. So the stick itself, that's actually quite strong. But when you rub it, you're just like brushing apart one layer of atoms at a time. Actually, many million layers of atoms at a time because like it's a very macroscopic operation that we're doing. Um, And this lets you write on paper. Mm. Um, I don't remember exactly when it was, but at one point researchers realized, hey, if you take a pencil and you go all over paper and you make a nice big black splotch of pencil lead, and then you take a uh, a sheet of of um, of scotch tape and you rub it on the paper and then you pull it off. They ended up making or grabbing a single sheet of graphene, mm. like one one atom thick, just by that operation because they were using the stickiness of the tape to tell the graphene, "Hey, you want to be stuck to me rather than the paper uh-huh. and the other graphene," and therefore the graphene came with it. And they got that one single sheet, um, one atom wide, and it's like this perfect research material. So from there, they started like looking into using it for all sorts of things. One of those things um, is that they found out that they can basically get a half-ordered but half-unordered like polymer of this graphene uh, that basically makes these little strands. And these strands are basically like little tiny pencil leads. Uh, they're not really like very orderly like a diamond. So you can actually still see them. See them. Uh, they're not like transparent or anything. Um, but you can go ahead and weave these into like a pattern. Um, so you take a bu- a thousands of these strands in one direction. And you take thousands in a perpe- perpendicular direction. And then you weave them. Kind of like a... Um, What's that that type of pattern called? Uh, Checkered? Plaid. Checkered? Yeah, Chad, plaid, checkered. Um, And you weave them like this, like in and out, in and out. Um, And you end up with a sheet that's relatively strong for what it is. It's very thin. It's very light. um, But it has a lot of elastic and tensile properties, and it's very strong. Um, So you can take one of these sheets, 
Um, and that is what is called carbon fiber. Now, the carbon fiber that you know, like this is what you can see. Um, but the carbon fiber that you know is typically hard, right? It's not this very elastic material. Um, so what people will do is they'll take one sheet of this, and then they'll take another sheet and put it on top, and another sheet and put it on top. Um, and they'll use a resin for this whole process, and they'll do something kind of like with plywood. You know plywood? They take one mm. sheet of wood, another sheet of wood, one sheet of wood, another sheet of wood, and then they glue it, and you make this very, very strong piece of wood as a result of that. So they'll do the same thing. They'll take one sheet of carbon fiber and take another rotated 45 degrees and take another rotated 45 degrees and so on and so forth. And what you end up with, because you're using a resin to bind all this together, is this impossible to break material that like even bullets have trouble going through because there's just so much uh, structural integrity to it Mm -hmm. that it really, really wants to be super, super strong. And super, super light because all it is at the end of the day is a thin layer of plastic and some carbon mixed into it to like reinforce the plastic. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we think of as carbon fiber. So the reason why it's used in like cars and stuff like that is because it's that really lightweight material. However, it traditionally was also a very expensive material because it's not trivial to make these very small strands which are like a tenth of the size of a human hair like they are very small um and it's not trivial to make them like you need to have an advanced chemical process to like substitute the atoms in an existing polymer with carbon and get that get that shape that you want um but it turns out there is better and better means that you can take this perfect graphene that we were talking about and you can roll it such that you have a tube that is made of perfect hexagons. And this is what's called a carbon nanotube. And this tube is very, very strong and very, very rigid. It has a lot of like mechanical properties. Like remember I was talking about that free flowing electron that's on the graphite sheet? Yeah. Okay, well that can be used to like communicate information just like it can with metal on a wire. So you can go ahead and use these as conductive surfaces for electricity if you wanted. Uh, you could use these to build bridges uh, if you if you had the enough of them and and sufficient like uh, manufacturability. It turns out these are also very hard to to make. Um, but uh, this is like the kind of space technology that we were thinking of if we were ever going to make like an elevator that rises to the tip of our atmosphere to bring stuff to space. Like we would need a material like this uh, to be able to pull that off. Um, so. That is a completely separate material, it turns out. It's, like, perfect. It's a very crystalline structure, uh, as opposed to carbon fibers, which are a little more chaotic. Um, But that has, like, all of the checkboxes except manufacturability uh, that we need to make a whole bunch of things really light but really, really strong. Um, And it turns out that those tubes are, like, so structurally perfect. They need to be so structurally perfect because if there's one defect they'll unzip like a zipper, you know, like a zipper is very easy to just unzip and then you can pull two things apart. But if it's zipped up, it works very well. If there's one kink in a zipper, right? You can pull apart the zip and therefore it doesn't work anymore. And these carbon nanotubes work in the same way. If there's one carbon atom that's misplaced or just like not connected properly, then that is a failure point for this whole tube. And that can unzip the whole thing and cause it to fail. So... Um, yeah, 
That's that's my my stories about carbon. Yeah, that's my two cents on carbon. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.